The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's an hour of soap news, reviews, and previews today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll, and we are coming to you live again this week, just like we do every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. If you're a regular listener of this show, you'll know now that every week here on the show, we spend an hour talking about anything and everything soap, and that can really cover a wide range of topics, from having one-of-a-kind interviews with your favorite past or present daytime stars to even chatting up celebrities who aren't necessarily on the soaps, but maybe they're soap fans. And then there are also shows like we broadcast last week that, well, remember, this is live radio, so pretty much anything can happen. And last week, just minutes before showtime, one of our guests had to cancel at the, really at the very last minute. And it was one of those things where there was no backup. But as they say, the show must go on. So there I was with 30 minutes of airtime to fill. And it ended up being one of the most talked about and laugh-filled episodes of Soap Central Live since we started way back in 2010. It's not to say that there weren't funny shows along the way, but it was extra special. And if you missed it, please check it out in the archives. It was the March 28th episode and featured appearances from Terry Ivins, Martha Madison, Ignacio Sericchio, and Navelle J. Lee. But... In all of that, there are also shows like the one we have on tap for you today where we open up the phone lines to find out what's got you, the soap fans, talking. What are the hot topics? What are the hot stories? What are the things that really have you wanting to tune in every day? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, and we'd love to hear from you to have you be part of the show. As always, if you're listening with us live and you want to call in and share your thoughts, you can call in. And be part of the show. The number is 866-472-5788. Again, that number is 866-472-5788. And if for some reason you can't get to the phone, maybe you're waiting to you have the ability to cast who you want to star on this show, you can always send us a message. Actually, you know what? If you want somebody else starring on this show, maybe we don't want to hear from you on Twitter. But if you do have a question and you can't get to the phone, you can always tweet us at Soap Central Live when we're on the air or at Soap Central 24-7 the rest of the time, of course. Uh, we also have an official Facebook page. It's our on-air thread. Head over to Facebook.com slash Soap Central. That's a place where you can post your comments and questions as well. I'll be poking around, seeing what you guys have to say. I see that there are questions on Twitter and Facebook already, so let's waste no more time and get into this week's show and bring back someone who I don't think has been here for about three months. So it is long past 
an overdue visit from the executive editor of Soaps In-Depth magazine, Richard Sims, a friend of the show. Richard, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Friend of the show might be overstating it. Can't we just say, like, we're acquaintances? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to oversell this relationship here. We've got to... Uh, right, exactly, exactly. Just, hey, Dan, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I know that, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that fans really do appreciate tuning in to hear the interviews with their favorite stars because they know that they're going to be interviews that they can't hear anywhere else. But uh, time and time again... I hear from folks that they love when you're a guest here on the show and that they love when I sneak over and do the the cross-podcast type of thing with you on your podcast. So uh, I'm glad that we're able to have this and, and entertain the masses all at the same time. I agree. I hear that all the time. Um, you know, every time we do one of these things, whether I'm on your show or you're on mine, I always hear from people. And I just think, I don't know, I just think we have a lot of fun together and that, that anytime you have... Um, whether it's an interview with a celebrity or just you and me hanging out, I think whenever you're having a fun time and talking about soaps, I think it's entertaining to people. So I guess we're, I guess we're entertaining. And But with that, I do want to let people know, I also hear when we have these shows from a lot of fans that they feel that maybe they don't want to call in because they don't want to interrupt. They enjoy listening to what they think is, you know, it feels sort of like a private conversation or maybe they're you know, eavesdropping or overhearing what two friends are saying. But we do want to let you know that you shouldn't hesitate. If you do want to call in because you have a question, if there's something you want to say about your favorite soap, please do call in. I'm going to give you the number one more time so that you have it. It's 866-472-5788. And, of course, you can also, as I said, tweet us at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. In the meantime... We're talking news, reviews, and previews, and there's been a lot of news to cover, particularly a lot of more recent news, uh, Richard. We're not going to go back to all of the stuff that people have missed in the past three months since you've last been here, so they're going to have to do some research on their own. But let's start with some of the stuff that started today. One of the things that I think is the most interesting is that Corday Productions, who are the production company for Days of Our Lives, they're going to be producing and creating something that are called net soaps and net novellas that will be interactive. And Richard, from what I read from the the information that they've sent out, this is going to be unique, not in that it's a, a soap that's on the web, because that's you know been around for quite some time, but this is something that lets fans and actors and advertisers not only talk about the story and maybe sort of steer where the story goes, but it also gives them the ability to cast to have a, a say in who's cast in these series and that could be interesting it could be i you know it's always hard to tell when you get a press release about something like this when it's just starting up it's really hard to tell what it will actually turn out to be you know there were a lot of terms thrown around in there um and there was a lot of it, there were there was a lot of information, but it was sort of hard to get a hold on what exactly the end product would be. I mean, you know, it's very easy when you hear things like, you know, um, fans and advertisers will be able to have a say in this. It's very easy to think, okay, product placement. So are we going to do, you know, hour-long soaps about craft soaps, which or craft craft foods, which, you know, if it's well done, hey, I don't mind a well done product placement. I'm all for that. The The interesting thing to me will be, Web soaps as a whole, um, you know, their their biggest fight at this point is getting an audience, is bringing eyes to it, because the 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 glory and the problem with a web soap is that in most cases they aren't necessarily 
it, it, it's hard to train the audience. We're used to sitting down in front of the television every day at 2 o'clock to watch General Hospital or every day at 12.30 to watch The Young and the Restless. It's a little bit more difficult to get the audience, for some reason, to do that exact same thing on the web, you know? Uh, so that, I think, is going to be what's really interesting is how, not so much what the, well, partially what the product is, but also how do you do what other shows have failed to do, and that is bring in eyeballs. Oh, but make, making the, the reference to product placement, I mean, that's always a good idea. It's always a great way to make money. Even when there's no money involved, I'm certainly not above a good product placement as I sit here dripping, uh, drinking my strawberry apple juice from Red Jacket Juices. You can look them up on the Internet. They're not paid for the placement. I'm just happy to say what's going on here. But the thing that I find... That will be interesting, though, Richard, is you're talking about training the audiences. That was definitely, I think, a challenge that Prospect Park faced with All My Children, One Life to Live. But I have to say, if you're giving fans the opportunity to steer the way that a story goes or to have a say in who's cast, I think that you know from a magazine that has the ability to you know, ask fans who are their favorite couples, there are sometimes – there are people who will go above and beyond to – try to make sure that the, their favorite is, is represented or their favorite is, is a head in a poll. And that could potentially be a big plus for fans who then get what they want and tune into a show that they may otherwise not have checked out because now their favorites are a part of it. And also, it's a double-edged sword. I'm always, I'm always the, the negative side of the coin. It's also a double-edged sword in that if you're, you know, when you tell a soap audience, you know, we're going to let you, we're going to sort of ha- let you have what you want. Well, as you and I both know, no two members of the soap audience want the same thing. So right. you can really end up in a situation where, you know, you can, you can please, you can please Mary, but you're going to not please Sally because they don't want the same thing. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I love the idea of interactive. I love the idea. Years and years and years ago, when I worked at the, uh, uh, a newspaper in Binghamton, the Press and Sun Bulletin, for Valentine's Day, I wrote a, a two-week-long interactive soap. And each, it was kind of fun, and it was a little weird because we had to do it every day live. Um, I would write the episode, and it would appear in the newspaper, and then we would let people call until 3 o'clock in the afternoon to vote on, you know, we'd have a cliffhanger, and we'd have them vote on how they wanted it to go, and then I would live have to write the next episode before we went to press that night, and it's a real challenge. Um, I think if you're doing something on the web, you have that same thing, and, and even more so. All I had to do was type it and hit send. You know, they have to, like, film it and and edit it and put the music cues in. So it'll be interesting to see. Is this daily? Is this weekly? It's it's exciting. Anytime there's a new, um, you know, a new product in the soap line, so to speak, it's exciting. And I will be really anxious to see what they do. Well, and we also have Crystal Chappelle, who is on board with that. And, of course, Crystal knows web soaps probably better than just about anyone else. So it should be interesting to see how that goes. Now, we have some other soap news, things that we're going to go along. Uh, just briefly, it was announced that Lisa Rinna will be part of a singing competition. It is a reality-based show called Sing Your Face Off. It's a very interesting choice for a title. <laughs> but the celebrities that are going to be part of this, this is where... Uh, the twist comes, Richard, they don't just sing. They're going to be taught to pretty much impersonate 
musicians. So it will be, don't just sing a Michael Jackson song. It will be, you will get makeup and outfitted and taught choreography and you will look like Michael Jackson and have to perform like him with all of his mannerisms and things like that. So it has the potential to be interesting. I want to see Lisa Rinna doing Pat Benatar. I can see it in my head. I can totally, you know, I can see the haircut. I can see the, I want to see her, her bringing to life Pat Benatar. That's immediately who I think of um, when I think, who would I give, you know, her to do? I agree. I think it's an interesting concept. I, I don't know. I, I am a little burned out on singing shows, but, right. you know, every time, every time a show comes down the pike, they find, a, you know, some interesting new twist. So, so, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's a fun idea, so I'll be interested to see how it works. We have uh, Daryl Hammond and, of course, pop star Debbie Gibson will be the judges of the show. There'll be a bunch of uh, guest stars, including RuPaul, who was on All My Children at one point in time. Should be pretty interesting. So let's go from that. Since we're talking about things that are reality-based, I want to talk about some news that came at that is actually based in reality because it's, it's true news. And to discuss with you, Richard, how the press handles stories that are personal in nature, and we'll, we'll talk about two of them in particular. Colin Englesfield, who appeared on All My Children, was arrested for disorderly conduct at an arts festival, and then there's also the real-life divorce of Ariane Zucker and Kyle Lauder that was mentioned, and for me, it's always, I've had, for the 19 years that I've been doing SoapCentral.com, I've, I've always had this uh, personal wrestling when there are stories that are personal in nature, because I feel as though certain things really aren't anybody's business. But once they're sort of out into the universe, they become news. They become stories. They're, you know, public domain and, and fodder for people to talk about. I'm curious, what's your approach? Because obviously, you know, you work for a company. It, it's slightly different for you when there's someone else who says what you can and cannot do as opposed to me who sort of calls all the shots. What is your take on the fascination with these sort of real life stories in people's lives? You know, that's a, that's a really great topic. Um, it's, it's interesting. We, it's a, it's a really fine line. Um, I, I think we, I think you and I both, um, or I think Soap Central and our magazine have sort of the same approach. We're not, we don't really dig into the really negative, the nasty. We try and really avoid that. And that goes for everything. Whether, you know, when we're on Twitter, we really work to encourage people to, you know, you can critique something without being mean and nasty, and that's really the attitude we take. And we take sort of the same approach to real-life stuff. It's, you know, with something like um, the divorce, because it's, it's been filed and it's been made public, I'm sure we will mention it. It's not something we'll do a big thing on. And the other reason that we sort of avoid it, we're in a little bit different situation than you, by the time we can get something like that in the magazine, it's going to be old news. You know, um, the the biggest situation that we we probably struggled with in the last year was the Michael Muni situation. You know, how do you cover that? And when so much of it is unsubstantiated, it's he said, she said, and it's not really the people involved who are saying it, it's other people. That was a really difficult one to cover because it was so huge that we had to cover it. For us, the line, one of the lines at least, between what to cover and what not to cover is, 
is it going to impact what you see on the show? When when Michael Muni was fired, clearly that was going to impact what was seen on the show. So that right. we definitely, you know, we definitely had to make we had to cover. You just couldn't really avoid that. Other things that aren't going to necessarily impact what you see on the show, we we really think very long and hard. And a lot of times, if it's you know if it's a decision between running something that is, uh, you know, sort of on the purient side, we we tend not to. Well, that is a really good segue for us to then talk about a casting call that The Young and the Restless put out there, but I do want to let folks know, since I guess I really didn't mention how I decide and not to or, or to cover on SoapCentral.com. For me, if there's something out there that is speculation, if it's something that is a report and it involves something of a personal nature, uh, Richard mentioned the Michael Muni situation, for me, unless someone who is involved specifically in that, particularly for something like that, which became uh, something of a, a sexual allegations, uh, sexual misconduct nature, for me, if the folks involved or the show itself does not issue a formal statement, I don't think it's fair in that situation or any of these situations. You know, if, if someone's having an affair in real life or if someone's having marital issues, whatever the case is, I don't really think it's any of my business to speculate unless they have something to say. So that's how I decide. That's the defining point for me of, of whether to cover it or, or whether not to. If there's a police report in some situation, if it's public domain, it becomes part of the story. So for me, that's how I do that. But, you know, going back to talking about Michael Muni, there was a casting notice that was released near the end of March that... Best you know, casting notice ever. <laughs> it kind of is. Best normally shows... Casting notice ever. Normally shows will try to bury and disguise the name of characters that they're possibly trying to recast or cast so that no one has an idea. But then the Young and the Restless, Richard, came along and announced that they were looking for someone to play the role of Aaron Newton, on the young and the restless. <laughs> what do we make of that? Do, first of all, who do we think that could possibly be? Well, I think that's the person who, in today's episode, paid somebody to basically tell uh, Victor and Chelsea that he was dead. It, it's been clear. I mean, even before, you know, when all of this stuff was going down with Michael Muni, and, and they were also at the same time re- recasting Billy Miller, who left of his own volition, um, uh, even as all of that was going down, it was very clear that no matter what they said, they weren't going to kill Adam Newman. There was just no way. He's too big in story. Uh, so we've really just all been sitting around. Now, I heard from a couple sources that over the last day or two, they've, they've you know, met with a bunch of actors. I would be really surprised if they don't. They may have already hired somebody. I'll be really surprised if we don't hear who it's going to be in the next week or so, um, because they, you know, even just looking at what's playing out on screen, they really need to get this going. You know, they've, they've, they've got to get the, whoever the new actor is going to be in there working, and once that happens, it's going to go public. So I think we'll hear very, very soon who it's going to be. But certainly you have to look at it, too. For me, when I saw... Aaron Newton. There were, you know, a couple of schools of thought. The first one is that somehow the show released it and didn't think that anybody who knew anything about soaps would see the name and think it could be Adam Newman. The second one is that it's uh, a Fig Newton of our imagination that, you know, they put out the name Aaron Newton to get all of us talking and it's really not for him. What better way to generate publicity? Or 
they already have someone in store. They're saying, hey, you know, we're casting the role and so we get done, it'll be another month and we're taping two months ahead. So don't expect to see anything for three months. And then, you know, Friday on a show, ta-da, you know, Adam Newman pops back up on the screen and everybody's blown away. So those are my three initial thoughts. Potentially. Well, there's a fourth option as well. Oh, and the fourth is. option is the fourth option is that um, they kind of want all of us to say, "Oh, well, clearly it's Adam Newman." That they want the publicity generated by that because Adam Newman is a big character. Uh, they, you know, there's going to be a lot of interest out there among soap fans, uh, no matter how they felt about Michael Muni being fired. There's going to be a lot of interest to see who gets cast in that role and a lot of pressure put on that that role. So why not almost as a almost as a joke, you know, put out this press release that is very obvious or this this casting call that is very obviously for Adam Newman, knowing that everyone in the media is going to do exactly what we did, which is assume that it's Adam and get publicity for it. So I I think, you know, they're not they're not dumb people. So uh that that's the way I tend to lead. I think this was done very much on purpose to jo- sort of generate buzz for you know, ooh, Adam is coming back. And, you know, for folks out there who want to weigh in on what you think of the uh, possible return of Adam Newman, give us a call at 866-472-5788 or tweet us. A lot of you have been doing that at Soap Central because Adam Newman was one of those characters that was incredibly divisive. A lot of people loved him. A lot of people hated him. People loved to hate him, all of that other thing. And The Bold and the Beautiful has a character that's sort of well, at least one character that elicits that response, and one of them is coming back. The Bold and the Beautiful announced that Hunter Tylo will be reprising the role of Taylor coming up for a May Sweep storyline. And Richard, I know there's a storyline that I've been waiting to see play out ever since Taylor returned to the show back in February for that one-day appearance on February 28th. I'm waiting for the Taylor-Alley confrontation. I'm hoping that it's coming. I can't imagine they would bring Hunter Tylo back to B&B and somehow not have this square-off face-off over Darla's death. Uh, that's for me. That's what I'm looking for in the next month ahead. More than anything else, I want to see this confrontation. Well, I'll tell you this. I have heard that we are definitely going to get that. Um, and... I agree. I want to see that. And the other thing, I really, I was really disappointed at the timing of uh, Taylor's exit, you know, because when she exited, it was right when everything was blowing up. You know, she had just exposed Brooke and Bill's affair and the supposed pregnancy, well, the pregnancy that that Brooke had, had, had suffered a miscarriage all in the middle of this party, and then all of a sudden, Taylor was basically, you know, gone. (laughs) And there's so much fallout to play. Plus, of course, we now have Ridge back on the canvas, and there's so much history with with Taylor and Ridge. Uh, There's so much. I really would love to see Taylor back on the canvas full-time. I know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to go on for about three or four weeks. But who knows? Based on fan reaction, maybe maybe, uh, they'll wind up deciding to have her around longer. I would absolutely love to see that. You know, the other story I've been waiting to see, and it has nothing to do with Taylor, but while we're talking about things we want to see, this week when they had the the fantastic um, confrontation between Ridge and Rick over the future of Forrester, this happens at Forrester like once a year or so. There's a big (laughs) confrontation about who's going to take over Forrester creations. And what I would love to see is one of the Foresters, in this case I would do it with, with, with Ridge, storm out and say, you know what, the heck with this place. 
go over, take over, you know, what used to be Spectra and then was Jackie M. I assume it's still Jackie M, but I don't know, and have a war between two factions of the Forrester family, you know, basically Brooks' side of the Forrester family and Taylor's side of the Forrester family. I think that would be such a fun, amazing story to see a war within the, within the family at two separate fashion houses. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that the Bold and Beautiful sometimes uh, catches some heat for is the fact that they sort of stick to the same two families a lot and maybe sometimes bring in a third and often they try to bring in other families and, you know, for a little bit and sometimes it doesn't work and they phase them out really quickly. But at the end of the day, having these core groups of families really does play in so well for when you have big events where you can tear families apart and and have that confrontation for characters that everybody is familiar with. So it certainly does work in their favor as well by having these you know, it's Los Angeles. Why do we only see two or three families? Well, in some cases, it really, really makes for a great story. But there's another well, character. It's also, it's also worked out really well with um, the probably the most successful characters they've introduced on the canvas um, from outside the Forster family in the last decade or so are the Spencers and the Fullers. You know, they've mm-hmm. really, between, between Bill and his sons and then Quinn, uh, I mean, they've really sort of livened up uh, the other side of the canvas and really given us people other than the Foresters and the Logans to uh, enjoy. Well, there's another character that's coming back to the Bold and Beautiful, but his return impacted another soap, a soap where his character is womp womp, no longer with us. We'll talk about both of them now. Uh, Sean Kanan returning to the Bold and Beautiful to play Deacon. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched any shows of General Hospital yet this week, but... A.J. Quartermain is no longer with us. He has gone up the staircase with, uh, with Emily and Lila and Edward, and he's And every gone. Quartermain of the past 20 years. <laughs> and every Quartermain yeah. of the past. So which side say. of it do you want to talk about first, the return well, or the exit? The exit. And, All right, you know, let's talk about it. Let's... I- I'm very, very torn about this. Um... Good, I enjoyed I am the, too. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the three Carlys. I enjoyed the Carly Palooza that they did for the anniversary episode. I don't know that, given how much the audience complains about the complete decimation of the Quartermain family over the years, I don't know that I would have built my 51st anniversary episode around the death of another Quartermain and then cutting away from that to Carly and Sonny basically reveling in their destruction of him over the years. It just, that was sort of disturbing to me. You know, I, I, I just, there are so many things you could do for the 51st anniversary. And, and that just, you know, from the, from the point of view of longtime fans who have complained about exactly that, it, it just seems sort of, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of that. I will say, though. However. There is a however. I, will, I knew this was there coming. There is a however, but let me just finish one thing. I will say, last year for the 50th anniversary, they did the Nurses' Ball, and we are getting the Nurses' Ball. The Nurses' Ball will be in May. So for those who were, like, you know, saying, well, they mentioned the Nurses' Ball, why isn't it there? We will be doing the Nurses' Ball in May. We will? We will. We're doing it. Oh, you didn't get the... <sighs> I will. Never mind. Sorry. I will. I just thought I was hosting a, an event for Pride the Series coming up in, in New York in a couple of weeks. Apparently, I'm also hosting the Nurses' Ball. Good for uh, yeah. Thanks for yeah. telling me. So, good for you. 
I want to, I have a question that has come through on Twitter from someone named John Missile. He wants to know, do you think General Hospital stole the Carly Palooza idea from you? I think they did, actually. Uh, for, <laughs> for those who do not know, uh, back for my birthday episode back on March 7th with Jackie Zeman, who happens to share my birthday on March 6th, we do a little on-air celebration every year. And secretly behind the scenes, we plan to have Sarah Brown and Tamara Braun surprise her and come on air and as it turned out they just found out around the same time that they were going to be going back to general hospital for the 51st and i i'm trying to sort of figure out what they thought when here i come a knocking on their door saying hey let's do this carly palooza that nobody's ever thought of doing and they have these scripts and can't say anything so we'll find out more about that but uh, if you missed that show it is also available in our archives at soapcentral.com slash radio or soapcentrallive.com go and take a listen to it after this week's show but i'm going to weigh in on that because I got that too. You know, if they had killed off AJ in August, I don't know that it would have elicited the same response. There would have been people who were upset and still had said that the Quartermain family was decimated. But I think the fact that it was done on the 51st anniversary, there were some people who were still sensitive and smarting about the Quartermains no longer being front and center that felt like maybe it was rubbing salt in the wound. I have to say, though, taking that aside and taking out you know, oh my God, it's another quarter minute's gone. I liked the show. I thought that the Carly Palooza part was really inventive. It was something that was never done before, particularly in a lot of these shows when they do the flashbacks, Richard. They don't show the old scenes because they don't want to remind anybody that a previous actor or actress was in the role. And here they were, with the exception of Jennifer Bransford. They had everyone who'd ever played the role of Carly come back and they were able to use those clips. So certainly that aspect of it, when you're using flashbacks, I like that. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good flashback. And I think, you know, pretending that somebody else didn't play a role is, is kind of silly. I agree 100%. You know what drove me crazy about that episode? And this is the kind of thing, when, you know, I live tweet the show every day over on Soaps and Death ABC, or at least every day that I can. I do sometimes have to do my job. And, um, and, and a lot of times Ron Carlovati, the head writer of the show, will be, you know, reading my tweets and sometimes he'll respond. And he gets on me for this because I nitpick things and he, and he always calls me out for it. But this drove me crazy. Uh-oh. Why did the three Carlies not have the same outfit on? You know, I wondered like, that too. Because, Good, it's because me. And people kept saying, well, it's not because it's in Sunny's imagination. I'm like, no. It's not. The flashbacks we're seeing are, you know, in the past, but then he is having a conversation in the present day with Carly, and it's just, we're just seeing, you know, the, 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 the embodiment of that. But why wasn't she in the same outfit? And I can only assume that it was probably really difficult to get the actresses all on the same schedule and everything anyway, and to try and find, you know, a wardrobe that would fit all three of them. But they weren't even close. Like, couldn't they have at least been wearing the same color? It drove me crazy. (laughs) It's funny, because I normally miss that sort of stuff. It doesn't uh, click with me. And I was watching it, and I think when Tamara came on the screen, I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't look like the same outfit that was just on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sarah Brown, and I paid attention to her. I said, well, when Laura Wright comes back, I'll take a look and see. And I'm like, well, Laura Wright wasn't wearing the same outfit either. So then I TiVo'd it back at the end and was like, oh, my God, they all had three uh, different outfits on. I mean, those are things that usually go sort of past me. But uh, I say all that to say that 
even that aside, I'm willing to overlook certain things. It, it was, you know, we knew that AJ would be exiting the canvas in some way, shape, or form. There were people who were hoping maybe he would be ushered off to the cryogenic chamber and would come back as Billy Warlock or whatever it was, but it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, at least this was a situation where they were able to do something while they still had Sean Kanan. Not that he was written off screen, and then they decided to kill the character off when no one was around. So I, I don't like the fact that you know another Quartermain is gone. But at least it was emotional. At least it was you know kind of sad. And they went towards the light. And oh, Carol Ann, Carol Ann, it made me upset. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to something else, Richard, that we only do when you're on the show. Uh, do you oh, know what dear. that is? Um. Oh my God, I have no idea. It is. Fan mail time. I am going to open live on the air letters. Yes, letters, folks. Those for the kids who are listening. This is there's something called paper and pen that people used to write thoughts on and they would put it in the envelope, put a stamp on the envelope and send it out by mail. I have some of these that have come to the SoapCentral.com mailbox here in Philadelphia. More Grandpa Dan. (laughs) And I'm going to see we have one that I'm opening up. It comes from Carol in Clinton, Missouri. And let's see. Oh, I know her. (laughs) I believe she's written before. Uh, Writers of Young and Restless. Is it true Muni is coming back? If he is, you finally did something right. Now you need the real Billy. This new guy, who really isn't a new guy, Carol, but I understand what you're saying, isn't the same. He sounds like he's from Chicago, and The Young and the Restless does not take place in Chicago. The real Billy is a playgirl. He is, well, I don't know if I should say this, but we'll say it on air anyway. Whatever. So remember, this is from Carol, so you can send your emails and messages to Carol. (laughs) She says, the real Billy... Uh, he is kind of a sissy type. I'm not sure what that means. Isn't that a, a Greek tragedy? Wasn't, wasn't that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Sisyphus. It was Sisytype who, uh, and he also, she also says you, God, I should never read these. I'm on the air. Yeah, yeah I really need to read these things in advance. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you need the real Phyllis to come back as well. So that allows us to go into, thank you, Carol, for helping me do a segue uh, before we go also to some other calls that are on the line. It also does bring up the folks that uh, people have been saying for months and months and months and months and months and months since Michelle Stafford left the young and the restless. They were saying, oh, she's going to General Hospital. Oh, she's going to be Nina Clay. And people are still saying it. You know, we found out that Nina supposedly was murdered. There are now people who are saying, no, 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 Nina is not dead. She's, you know, in a cryogenic chamber and, and Michelle Stafford is just waiting for the right moment to pop up and surprise us all. So, uh, you know, that's that's something that people are saying. And I know that you've seen that out there in the Twitter sphere, Richard. Oh, not just in the Twitter sphere. Heck, I've seen it in my magazine. <laughs> um, I, I firmly believe it. I Firmly, 100% believe it. Um, I do not believe that Nina is dead. And uh, um, I now, okay, if you haven't seen today's General Hospital, close your ears. This is a spoiler alert in three, two, one. Okay, so at the end of today's General Hospital, they revealed who supposedly, you know, the, um, who, who, that, 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 that uh, Donna Mills, Madeline, has been doing some very, very bad things. Um, next week, we're going to get into some really 
crazy stuff. Um, the whole story about what happened to Nina will come out next week. Some other really big twists are going to come out next week. Um, someone gets shot next week. Huge stuff. Um, and and I'm I'm torn on this, and I want to get your opinion because. Uh-oh. Well, here's the thing. To me, I look at this Nina story, and I say, we have never met Nina. We've heard yeah. about Nina for what, like a year now. But an off-screen character I never met was, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was, it, and now it all ties into, you know, this new character played by Donna Mills, who has been on for a week, being apparently responsible for, like, it looks like Nakamura's death and who knows what else. I don't get what I'm supposed to care about there because, you know, I have no investment in Nina. She's, I've never seen her. And I don't really have an investment in Madeline other than the fact that she used to be Abby Ewing. And, <laughs> and so I'm a, little, I'm a little, you know, conflicted as to what the last year of this story was really supposed to be about. I understand the emotional, the emotional investment. And before I answer that, I'm going to mention that I have an emotional investment in all of my Twitter friends and all of my Facebook friends. And we have someone from Facebook who wants to come on and say hello. From New York, we have Marilyn on the line. Marilyn, welcome to Some Central Live. Dan, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I am wonderful. I promised you that one day I would call in, and today's that day. Surprise! (laughs) I just really have to tell you that you reach out to all your fans, and there are a lot of them, but you make every fan feel so special, and I love that about you. Well, thank you. Uh, You know, I I do the best that I can, Marilyn, to make sure that when folks write that I get back to them at some point or respond or make sure that they're addressed. Sometimes it's really hard on certain days like my birthday or, you know, the anniversary of SoapCentral.com and things like that, where there are so many that it's almost impossible. And I always feel bad. I'm like, you know, what do I do? Do I send one to everybody? Does that make it seem better? Do I not write to everybody? I don't know what the case is. But I actually like the the, – engagement of the activities and things like that because as as I've mentioned there are other things that I like to do and that I love yeah. other than soaps and it's nice to be able to have folks out there that I know I can go and, and count on to talk about as crazy and random stuff as I do so you never know when I'm going to pop into your Facebook page folks like me put the friend request <laughs> in there do whatever because I may pop up when you least expect it sort of like you did today yeah you know um, that, I think because you're so random I think that's what is the best part about you. Like, you never know what's going to be posted on your page. I can't wait until I'm looking at something on your page. Well, for folks who want to go and check out what I've I've posted today, I've posted some uh, South Philly gardening tips from folks who have uh, fake silk flowers in hanging baskets. I have some... Interesting things that I've overheard at the restaurant, as seems to always be the case here in Philadelphia. There's always okay. something being said. But, uh, Marilyn, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm glad that we were finally able to talk. And at Me some too. point, we will have you on to talk about things that are soapy related and other fun madness and whatnot. Randomness, as you said. Randomness. Dan, thank take you. care and have the best weekend ever. Thank you. I will do my best and you do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. I love I, her. She sounds so full of joy. I, I love her. random. Like <laughs> Am I really and random? You know, what, <laughs> you know what, I have to say, I agree with what you were saying. I feel the same way. I, you know, 
I love the interaction with people, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, whatever. I just, I absolutely love that the internet has done something. When I was in school, when I was back in college, um, you know, soaps were sort of a communal thing. You would sit in the, in the, um, in the, uh, I'd spent so long since I was in college, I can't remember what that place was called, where we would all get together and watch soaps. Um, uh, community room, we'll call it. That's not what it is, but there's a room for it. And, and you know, a lot of us in this day and age, especially as we get old, we don't have that. We don't have a group of people that we watch them with. But because of the Internet, we have, like, you know, whether it's radio shows like yours, whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it's Facebook, we have places where we can go and gather and make it a communal experience. And I know that when I'm live tweeting every day, I have people, I hear every day from people who are sitting in classes or at their job and they're reading my tweets and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in so much trouble because I'm laughing and I should be studying or I should be, you know, I don't know, helping this person at the bank. Um, and, And it's just fun. And, you know, they look forward to going home and watching it. I try not to replace it. I want to be a supplement. And I think that we really, I, I know I do, and I know you do too, love, 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 love interacting with everybody. I think it's so much fun. I do. And for me, I only have, you know, the account for Soap Central Live, the Twitter account for at Soap Central, and I have my own. But I, I like that for you, too, you have a bunch of different uh, personalities, not in the sense of, of you know, <laughs> dissociative identity disorder. But you have a couple of different accounts, too, where people can go depending upon what their needs are. Obviously, with Soaps in Depth ABC or Soaps in Depth CBS on Twitter, they can find out about the respective soaps. But they can also go to How Rude Are You for your sort of, your, you know, your personal life types. Of, of tweets and things like that and dispatches FTC for other television things that are not necessarily soap related could be soapy but aren't specifically daytime soaps and I think people like that they like to know that there's someone out there who in addition to liking soaps or whatever it is that they they feel that connection because so much of what we have in the internet connected world is that we're lacking those personal real world relationships well I also honestly think it's really important um to separate. Uh, I talk about things on How Rude Are You, which is my personal account. I talk about things on there that I would never, it would never be appropriate to talk about on my soap account. <laughs> like, you know? what? Um, like what? Like uh, what? Well, just like, like politics and stuff. I have very, okay. you know, I have very strong political views, but I don't generally, I have on one or two occasions and people have said, you know, like I, I made on the Soaps and Death ABC one day, I made a Sarah Palin joke. And, you know, people took me to task, and rightly so. That is not the place for it, you know. It really isn't. So I, I you know, the, 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 how rude are you is, is, I think it's very important. I'm not a big fan of people who do, you know, who are in our business and who do sort of personal and, pro, and quote-unquote professional stuff on the same tweet mm-hmm. stream, because I think that, I think that blurs the line, and it's it's it, it can be it can become kind of unprofessional to, in for me for me personally. That's my personal take. My personal take too, since we didn't go back before I, I zipped off of Carol. Uh, I have to say, no one for me. I, I loved Billy Miller back when he was in All My Children. I loved him on The Young and the Restless. There's a reason he has Emmys. He was he was wonderful and and great. I still think that. You know, it was going to be a challenge for anyone to go back to the Young and Restless, but I'm glad that they reached back into their bag of tricks and acknowledged that, as we said with the Carly Palooza on GH, that there were other actors who played the role of 
Billy Abbott on The Young and the Restless. So I, I like having David Tom on there. For me, it's sort of comforting that it's not a new, a new face. It's a face that I've seen before in, in the time where there have been a, a lot of characters and actors leaving The Young and the Restless. It was sort of comforting. It was like uh, mac and cheese. Now people are going to be upset that I've said that David Tom is mac and cheese. But whatever, we're moving on because I have one more letter, Richard, this, I, since the last one went so well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to see what happens. So, hold, please. Please don't ever have that Richard guy on your show again. He's <laughs> well, I, I can't imagine that they would do that. This one is, oh, boy. So this is another interesting discussion that we'll have. Um, this, My favorites are always in crayon. <laughs> what's this powder? Is it pixie stick? Let's taste. Um, <laughs> it says... Uh, it's a form letter, but it says, Fans of All My Children and One Life to Live will unite nationwide to show uh, their continued loyalty on April 14, 2014, which is the third anniversary of the cancellation of ABC's All My Children and One Life to Live. Uh, you know, and they're encouraging folks to go blue for Facebook to show the support for ABC's Love in the Afternoon and, you know, bring back All My Children and One Life to Live in some foreign to ABC. But we found out, Richard, that ABC is planning to. Uh, once Katie is gone and she's no longer with them, that they're going to be putting on reruns of game shows and such in the time slot that Katie Couric uh, once held. I'm not sure why that's funny to me, um, but I they're, they're obviously because I'm like I'm like Katie, <laughs> poor Katie Couric. She's being replaced by reruns. That's how lowly rated her show was. They think they can get better ratings with. Reruns that they can. And then I'm insulted that they feel that reruns of Jeopardy would do better than anything that I could have offered to the conversation. So, they should give us a show. I think they should. Talk about random, uh, as Marilyn said about me, but uh, that would be interesting. So, I mean, just to the flip of that is I can't imagine, barring some sort of meeting of the minds between ABC and Prospect Park, where they decide that maybe instead of fighting each other, they could work together to make some money. I don't see. No, I'm being serious. I realize that that's you know you call me Susie Sunshine or whatever the hell you call me. Polly, Polly, Paula, yeah. Polly, Pollyanna, Polly, whatever you call me, doesn't matter. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, they probably could if somebody just sat down and thought, well, gee, I'm losing money and oh, we're losing money too. Maybe we should you know work together and not lose money. Um, that's my you know lawsuit voice, I guess. But yeah, apparently they, your lawsuit is being headed by Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Be very, very quiet. We're uh, talking about ABC's All My Children and One Life to Live that are no longer with us. I, I just think that until that happens, until they come to a meeting of the minds, it, nothing will ever happen until this lawsuit gets resolved, which, as we know, with lawsuits, they can drag on forever. So I'm looking at the clock and making sure that we have time to talk about some of the other stuff that we have. We've talked uh, about GH and The Bold and the Beautiful and... Young and the Restless, we didn't do too much talk about days, which I have a quick little controversial topic and and issue and things like that. Now, even though Days of Our Lives tapes 15 years in advance and they're currently, you know, filming uh, Will and Sonny's retirement, they (laughs) they do know ahead of time when their shows are going to air. So I thought that it was interesting that at a time when obviously General Hospital would be celebrating an anniversary on April 1st, that they chose to start a landmark storyline for days on the same day, which either could work in its favor or work against it. And, you know, is it counter-programming as they talk about in primetime, all that other thing to say. But with that, 
the Days of Our Lives wedding that many people were looking forward to. Um, not everyone, as I saw on the Facebook page for SoapCentral.com, but a lot of people were looking forward to Will and Sonny getting married, and they finally got married. You know, there was no a chicken in a parachute dropping down during the ceremony. There were no back-from-the-dead returns. Um, it was something that was done. For a lot of people, they're saying, you know, what's the, the hubbub? I don't get it. It's, it's a marriage. Soaps have been going on and having marriages since the dawn of time. So what was your take on the wedding? And more so from the perspective of, was this really an event in the sense that, you know, this is a, 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 something to make a big hubbub about? I mean, do you sort of get what I mean when I'm saying it? It's I not do. That it's, I do. Okay, I good. do. And it's, it's, it's a great question. And this, I'm glad you asked. The reason that it's such an amazing thing is that there was no hubbub. There was no real outcry. You know, I don't even think the, the, the Parents Television Council, who, you know, those, those groups that always love to protest this stuff, I don't think they even made a peep about it. And the show treated it like it wasn't that big a deal. Like, it, you know, they had, a, they had a bachelor party. They had a... It, 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 they, I think that what makes it such a big deal is that it wasn't a big deal, you know? Um, it also, what I really loved about it was that this wedding was about Will and Sonny. And what I say, what, what I mean when I say that is if you look at, you know, kind of the only other really big, big-ish same-sex wedding we can think of, that would probably be Bianca and Reese on All My Children. And right. Bianca and Reese's wedding ultimately became about people other than them. It became about, you know, Greenlee's 9,000th death. It became about Greenlee driving off, uh, you know, in the middle and, you know, driving off on a motorcycle and going over a cliff. That did not happen here. This was about Will and Sonny. And it was, I just thought it was so well done. I was, I was really blown away. Um, and, and like I said, I think, I think the best thing about it was how normal it was both treated and in most corners, not all, of course, but most received. I thought that was, I thought that was just, just amazing. That just shows how far we've come. When you think back to, you know, the first, the first gay character I can really remember on a soap was um, the designer on As the World Turns. I want to say his name was Hank. And, and he had a boyfriend, and of course the boyfriend had AIDS because back then that was the only story soaps could tell about mm-hmm. gay people was, uh, and not only soaps, it was only, the only story movies or anybody else could tell about gay people was AIDS or HIV. And this was a story, you know, and Will and Sonny was a story that was not about that. It wasn't even really about being gay. It was just a wedding between two people who loved each other. And I thought it was really incredibly cool that it was treated so normal. And I will say, as has been the case since going all the way back to some of the storylines that Richard has mentioned, at least the time that I've been working on SoapCentral.com, which is 19 years now, uh, you know, there have always been folks who feel opposite of that. And we welcome everyone's opinion, whether it be here or on Facebook. But remember, you need to be I respectful. I wish I had gotten that, honestly. I wish when I was like, when I've been tweeting about it, I wish that I had gotten that. I had, you know, I had one or two people sort of say, nothing really bad, just sort of say, you know, I don't get why we're spending so much time on this, that kind of thing. But I was shocked at the level of, I was shocked that I didn't see, you know, people saying, oh, get these gay boys off my screen. You know, I really expected that. Uh, and and I, was, I was really pleasantly surprised by how little of that I've actually seen. 
Well, I've uh, surprisingly, you know, I don't know if it's because we have some folks who are maybe older or maybe they're from different parts of the country. We did get some. There was one from Ellen who said that, um, you know, she's turned off days. She thought that it made a mockery of being Catholic. That was one of the responses that we had. And there are people who feel different ways about everything. Um, you know, particularly one of our uh, folks on Twitter just mentioned they were sort of prompted by your comments that on your How Rude Are You account on Twitter that you talk about politics. And I'm looking to see here, uh, they mentioned the uh, Felicia and the bridge closing in Port Charles, the reference. It was <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, a, a jab at the Chris Christie Bridgegate scandal in New Jersey. So, I mean, there are things that definitely happen and that go on and, and you know, people poke fun. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you never wanted to be anyone who thinks that you're poking fun at them. But it should rather be that you're, you know, making light of, of situations. It's always a, a tough balance. It's a fine because, line. It's it a really kind of Let me ask so, you something. I don't this answer questions. Do with, this has to do with Dave's filming so far in advance. Sure. Do you think that when, <laughs> when, Jade, Harlow, <laughs> when, Jade, when Jade Harlow came on as Cheryl, she you know, signed a four-month contract. She finished filming pretty much before she even started airing. And and I really like her. I really like her. And I'm 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 sorry that you know eventually that that in the not too distant future the character will be leaving. Do you think that that that's one of the problems with? I, I think for the most part they're doing a great job filming so far in advance. But Cheryl and Lucas had the potential to be a really interesting couple, but because you know because of the advanced filming and we only started seeing it after basically she had stopped already, is that problematic? Well, it's interesting that you talk about that because, and you have no way of knowing this, but next week we're going to have a must-listen-to exclusive with Jade Harlow. She's going to be here on Soap Central Live, and we're going to be talking about all of those things that you just asked. But to that, uh, it's funny, because seriously, folks, Richard really, I don't think, had any idea of that. I, I didn't no, mention it. No, I had no clue. Point. So uh, I think that it is. I think that it's interesting, and I'm getting a little flashing notice here that we're almost out of time, so I'm going to answer that as quickly as I can. Uh, I I think that it does present the challenge, just to the fact where we've said that, you know, we're taping so far ahead that there's always a possibility that a storyline will tank with viewers, and it'll be six, seven months before they can undo the damage because they're taping so far ahead. The thing actually works in reverse that no one ever really thought about, at least you and I have never discussed it, is the fact that if something goes on that fans really, really like, they won't be able to address that either because they're already working so far ahead and they may have plotted stuff out at at short time. So if that is the case that she's no longer with the show, you know, now they'll have to wait another six, seven, eight months before they could bring her back. So that's what I have. We only have about a minute and a half left, Richard. So I'm going to let you have the last uh, word and let people know how they can find you, what they can track you down and and anything else that you'd like to say to them that is pertinent and uh, okay for on-air consumption. (laughs) <laughs> well, very rarely do I say anything pertinent, but if you want to find me, go on the internet. I'm there, everywhere. I, I, I joke about it all the time. I am basically 99% of the internet. People don't know it, but it's true. Um, and, and really, anytime. I really especially want to encourage people who disagree with things that I say, because I really like having conversations about that. Not like, you know, flaming and being nasty and all that, but I love hearing from people who don't agree with me because I don't know it all. I'm a fan, just like all everybody else. I'm a fan who just happens to have a really awesome job. Well, we're glad that you are 
you know, willing to come here and, and chat. At least I am. I can't speak for everyone else, but they seem to enjoy it. But I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Of course, I want to thank Richard Sims. Please be sure to follow him on Twitter at Soaps in Depth ABC or Soaps in Depth CBS. You can also check them out on the web at soapsindepth.com. If you missed any part of today's show or if you want to hear it again, visit our official website at soapcentrallive.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love for you to spread the word and share it with your friends, so let them know as well. There's more than 220 hours of Soap Central Live episodes, interviews and news and other randomness like you heard on today's show, and you can go there and listen to every episode on demand completely for free. So listen on the go from a mobile device or from your computer. You can also download for free on iTunes. Just search for Soap Central Live. Again, it's go to SoapCentralLive.com. Next week, as I mentioned, we have an exclusive interview with Days of Our Lives and Passion Star Jade Harlow. That's Friday, April 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on SoapCentralLive.com and the Voice of America Talk Radio Network. Until then, for Richard Sims, who's off the 99% of the internet, I'm Dan Kroll, urging you to tune in next time for the continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody, and see you back here next Friday. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.